with one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hey there, this is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine. And this is the 131st episode of the Goldmine Podcast. Yep. We've been at it for some time now, you could say, before podcasts became a thing. So on our 131st episode, we will have as a guest Otto Zilke, owner of Visible Vibrations, a high-end concert poster store in San Mateo, California. Otto started out as a passionate collector, to the point of an obsession, really, as collectors all go through it, but... It got to the point where his collection got so large, he finally opened up his own brick-and-mortar store. And, of course, a website online presence soon followed, and and it's all called Visible Vibrations, www.visiblevibrations.com. But Visible Vibrations is different in the fact that its, its inventory consists of mostly the original posters, Original posters, not reprints nor reproductions. Auto collected original posters. So obviously it's higher end inventory. Not just 60s and 70s posters, but more contemporary bands as well. And contemporary bands and bands of other rock genres. Whether it be punk or indie rock, etc. And auto and visible vibrations are also branching out to artist representation that's artist representation of the artists who create the posters and we'll touch on this during the episode as well so we'll be right back with Otto Zilke of Visible Vibrations after this brief message from CygnusRadio.com Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Otto? I'm here. So maybe you could explain Visible Vibrations a little bit more in detail for listeners. You promote it as the largest privately held collection of concert posters and and uh, music industry collectibles right maybe so you can um, just elaborate on that a little bit here's what i know about the industry it's a small industry it's there's a lot of people out there that that uh, deal in um a piece of music memorabilia concert posters uh, there's audio, there's video, there's the visual, and, the, and I deal in the visual. Um, in, in, in my industry, uh, there are different companies that have um, collectibles and, and, and concert posters. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I, when I started collecting, I went from a collector into a, a, a very passionate collector into a, what would be the next step? Um, um, I was building inventory and I, I, I became a super accumulator 
and now when my daughters look at what I've done, I, I'm 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 being called a hoarder. Mm. So that's been my 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 passage. Once I became a store, which was only two years ago, bricks and mortar store, um, I called around to to what I thought were the bigger companies to find out if they would share some of their secrets about what retail is all about and what they they know. And and the more we talked. And the more we talked about the pieces that we had, I realized that I had more than they had. And mm -hmm. I had a lot of things. And they would say things to me like, you have what? You have how many? No. Where did you get that from? And, and, and while we talked, I, I realized that there was a group of people that were out there that had nice collections but they had one of this and two of those and, and a few of those and, and, and maybe a hundred or a thousand pieces. I end up in, a, in, a, in, in numbers that don't even make sense to me anymore, millions of pieces. When I moved my, my inventory to my store, they did it by weight and I was over five tons. Mm. So while I talk with other people, that's how I established that I have the largest inventory. It's privately held. It's all mine. I, I, I don't take things on consignment. People don't um, leave things with me and, and, and ask me to sell it for them. Um, I don't fulfill orders. Everything that I have in my inventory is mine. I've, I've been collecting passionately for the last 35 years. And I have a very large inventory. How do you decide what to display in the store and what to display online because that's quite a bit of inventory you got there it is it is you know i i don't have a rhyme or reason right now um all we're trying to do is get through our our inventory and, and get it listed so everybody can see what we have so um i think right now on our on our uh, website we might have five or six thousand pieces and um, we're struggling just to keep up with the new things that I'm buying, let alone the old things that I have. Right. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we're, we're moving along as, at a quick pace based on um, what consumers are looking for. Right. Well, right, it almost right sounds now, like, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say right now, uh, the things that are hot are 60s and 70s. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to dig through our our inventory to pull up the 60s and 70s stuff because that's what everybody's looking for so right you know while we're I doing mean, that we're, we're we're not pushing out the the newest stuff that's coming in i mean it sounds like you can with what you're describing it sounds like you could compete with a wolfgang's vault i mean how do you how do you compare yourself to a wolfgang's vault i i, I know wolfgang's I, I i know bill um Bill was one of the people that has seen my inventory. And what he said to me was, I'm impressed. Mm. Um, it says a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I, I've seen his inventory one time and he's got different things than I have. You know, he, he's got um, um, some of the, the early Fillmore things, you know, all the things right. that um, he bought when he, when he uh, bought Bill Graham's archives. Um, he, he did a, he did an acquisition. He bought into an inventory. I built an inventory. Mm. Um, we don't have the same things. Some, some things we have the same things, but most, we don't have the same thing. We, we, we just do different business. Um, his business model is different than my business model. So I, I, I can't say that, you know, I, 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 I can compare myself to Wolfgang's, right. um, we're in the same industry. 
that's the only thing that's similar to, to, to us. We both like music. Well, I know I like music. I, I'm, I'm not sure what his likes are. Um, but, um, well, I could say that uh, a consumer or a collector can go to both uh, because you have things that he doesn't. I noticed that right away, um, especially amongst the indie rock. I mean, you have hip hop, you have punk, you have you have a lot of different broad broad genres. You know, you really jazz. You you have a lot of stuff like that. Sure, the '60s and '70s stuff, especially the psychedelic stuff, is is very popular, especially in the, the San Francisco area with the Fillmore. Um, especially with those type of artists, the sort of psychedelic artists. But, um, you know, there's also stuff like originals and reproduction, which, you know, maybe you can get into that a little bit. Uh, the different price points. Um, that could be got an original poster compared to a reproduction. Uh, the price point could be a lot different. Exactly, and 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 see that's that's one place where we we differ, and I I, I, I won't compare myself continuously with uh, Wolfgang. Right. Um, Bill has um, he reprints and and he calls out that it's a reprint, which is the way it should be done. Um, if I had something, and I would say ninety five percent of my stuff is original stuff, first printings. Every once in a while, uh, somebody will sell me something that's um, a second or a reprint, but I I don't specialize in that. Um, Wolfgang's has the seconds and the thirds and the fourths, mm -hmm. um, and they had, I, I think they have permission to reprint those at different um, exactly at, at different scales. But um, you know that's a that's a consumer uh, angle uh, different than what I have. I I right. I've only bought my stuff from the the graphic artists or um, people that were in the industry. Um, so the right. provenance was important to me that whatever I had here that I could say to somebody, it, it is the real deal. Um, for example, I, I sold a poster the other day. Uh, here's the provenance. The printer printed it, gave it to Bill Graham. Bill Graham gave it back to the graphic artist in 1969. It was a Led Zeppelin poster. It went from the graphic artist to me and from me to the now owner of the, the, the poster. And that's it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's something that not too many people can talk about when they sell a piece that, that, no. they, that kind of provenance. Right. So, you know, when somebody calls me up and says this is an original, it's it, it's always kind of like, yes, it is an original. Well, do you have a certificate? Well, I bought it from the person. You know, you, you don't ask for a certificate from the person. You don't need a, a grading. You don't need a, you know, a, a, a letter of authenticity. It's it's the real deal. I bought it from the person, you know, which is. Different now, and another thing that you're doing is that you're you're branching out from what I've heard into artist representation, meaning that you're getting you're dealing with the artists that are actually creating these posters, which is a, a newer, which is a new angle. I think. Uh, I mean, I believe that to a certain degree, Wolfgang's does that, but not with all the artists, you know, uh, depends how popular the artist is, right? Yeah, you know, and, 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 and you know, instead of always saying Wolfgang's, let's just say, you know, the, the rest of the industry, everybody does, does something different, Patrick. What, yes. what, we, what we're doing right now with artists is we're, we're saying, you know, you have some cool art, 
And yes. we want to take that art now and and reformat and change it around and turn it into merchandise. So if 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 somebody just had like the coolest piece of art that they created and put on a poster, that's a that's a concert poster. But yeah. the art was so cool. Now let's do something with the art. Yeah, and, and it's typical, I think, for for some people that try to get into merchandising to do some cheap stickers or or toss the image up on a on a t-shirt and sell that and you know and and, and do something. Well, we decided we're not going to do the same thing that other people have tried in the past. We're, we're going to take it to a level where we now create it into its own standalone piece of art that is not the concert poster anymore. So, you know, it starts off with the music vibe because it was on a concert poster, but now it's it's turned into, you know, a, a, a rug or a puzzle or, you know, a patch or a candle or a, a coloring book. That's interesting. Yeah, It's fun. It's fun, 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 because it's just cool art. It's cool art. And it's art that will last forever. Yeah, you often wonder how this, the there, there are interesting stories behind the art. Um, like for instance, I used to, well, I used to go to concerts a lot more. And once I saw specifically one show that I went to at the Warfield in 94 was the Pretenders. And they were giving away little bills you know, I guess you would call them placards. And the art was fantastic. And now that's that's probably worth about 90 bucks. Everyone wondered why I saved it. I still have it. But you wonder how the artist, who called the artist? How did that get arranged? Did the Warfield call them? Did the promoter call them? Did the band? Probably not the band. Um, it's very interesting how these things are organized. Yes, yes, and, and and it's not always the same. It's there, there are so oh. many different stories. You know, we we I, I deal with a lot of people that come into my store at um, you know have the stories, have the real stories. You know, the the art directors, the 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 printers, and the stories that they have behind the backdrop. The backstory is more sometimes more fun than than the art itself, and then all of a sudden it really brings the art into a, a different dimension. Right. But, but you're right. You're right. I, I, I had a, an art director come in the other day and tell me a story about a, a Prince poster, a Fillmore Prince poster. And um, it, it was just, it was so cool. It was so fun. You know, uh, they, they created a, 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 the, the one-off piece of art that ultimately became the concert poster. Mm. And from the art and in the art, they had a mirror. So when Prince looked at it, he would see himself. Hmm. Okay. So imagine Prince coming in, right? This was about the time that he turned into the symbol. He walks into his dressing room and he sees the symbol and there's a mirror and he looks into the mirror and he sees himself. At the time he looks into the mirror and sees himself, they take a picture. His eyes now are embedded into the picture and that becomes the Fillmore poster. Interesting. Now, if you just see the poster, you don't you, you don't know that. I did, I never knew that until I heard the story. It was like, holy cow! Right. Dang, that's that's how it was created. You know that to me just brought in a you know another element to, to that concert poster. It wants me to have it you know framed up on my wall because now I have a story behind. It. And that's that's the thing. Every one of these concert posters has a story. 
there's a story be, behind it, either from the graphic artist or the art art director, the printer. And that's great to do when you have someone step into your store as a gallery. If you're there, um, a person willing to buy something, you could tell that story to them. Um, that's very helpful. It is. It is. And it's fun. It is fun. It's fun to be able to pass along a story that, um, you know, that is real and true. And, you know, it adds. Right. And when they have a party or they use it as a conversation piece as they show the <laughs> the art, I'm serious. Uh, that's got to be pretty cool. Now, you say as far as branching out into artist representation, you also want to start an artist grant program. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yes, we support, um, you know, I, I, I've always supported the, uh, the artists. Um, and, and this is a way for us to give back to the community. So how would that work exactly? Did you start it already or is something you're planning on doing? No, um, it hasn't kicked off yet. We're, we're still working out all the kinks, um, you know, but the idea is just to, you know, be able to, to let that new artist come about mm -hmm. and, 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 and us to support that new artist. You know, whether it's, um, you know, financial support, the grant, uh, you right. know, a, a networking and introduction. Right. Because, you know, there's, God, there's plenty of artists that are probably unknown that would fit this perfectly. It just seems kind of exciting that you could discover <laughs> some new artist like that, that can really get a collectors excited yeah well you know we're all unknown somewhere in our life right patrick right. I mean, think about the first time you apply for a job you know and they wanted experience well, what the hell I, I don't have any experience this is my first job how do i get experience right you know so it's a struggle that we all go through and you know uh, the fun thing right now at least in in in, in my my passage is, you know, this is, this is a time I really want to give back. And, and, and this is the, the easiest and best and the funnest way for me to give back. Did you ever think of, okay, you have the site, the brick and mortar store. Did you consider becoming an auction site or an auctioneer? I'm sure no. you've bought from auctions being a collector yourself. Um, I, I have bought from auctions and I, 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 I think there's a vacancy there. I, I don't think they're all run the best way that they possibly could be run. Um, I don't understand them enough to really get involved. I don't know if we will. We tried one once and it, um, it was fun. It was fun. Right. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to go back to my, my, my humble beginnings. My, my first poster is in the, in the, in the 80s. And I, I had never wanted to really open up a bricks and mortar store. This is a passion. This is my love. I love these posters. I love the art behind it. And, and I just, I, I had an opportunity to bind some cool stuff over the years. Um, and even though I knew I had too many pieces, you know, I, that, that, you know, it needed to be sold. It was never about selling. It, it was about finding and, sure. and, 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 and passing it on to my kids. Right. I always thought this was going to be their business. I thought, you know, when, when I retired and I passed, they, they would have something fun to play with. Sounds like what my kid says to me about my record collection. He called it hoarding. When you, <laughs> when you How long have you been collecting? <laughs> God, since the early 80s. Um, 
I've cut down considerably, um, but there are records all over the place. Um, there are records in my living room, in my bedroom, in my, <laughs> in my stereo room, in my basement. Um, but yeah, I used to collect, try to collect the most obscure. Um, first I got into, of course, classic rock, but then like heavy metal, punk. They were not so much that it was limited edition, but limited edition by default because these bands were underground and they couldn't press that many records. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now things are limited edition, right? Then it was just like punk or heavy metal bands just putting out a few hundred presses because that's all they could afford. But now, you know, those albums are worth something. Um, but I, I don't do it just for the value. It's more... Um, the tangible um, collecting of it, the artwork, you know, the vinyl itself. There's so many elements of it. Uh, probably if you, you know, like you feel about, you know, concert posters or band posters, um, the art behind it, the actual poster itself. But anyway, it's interesting how um, you've, you've built this collection. You said you've gotten some through auctions you've you've and you're right there in the bay area so i mean it seems like you're in the right place too am i wrong <laughs> you know, I, I i i am in the right place but i you know i never saw myself in the right place like i i didn't my collection didn't end up being a northern california or california collection yeah well, um, the, way, the way i started collecting it, it wasn't you know that i was in san francisco and this would be the cool place and you know that's mm. where the fillmore posters were or or the Warfield posters or the Avalon early stuff. Um, I, I was a corporate guy, I had a, a, um, a corporation and I traveled a lot and I worked all day long. And at the end of my day, I, I would go out hunting down anything that was Almond Brothers band related. That was my, that was my passion, that was my band. And um, I, I collected, I, I found a lot, of, a lot of fun Almond Brothers band things and this was pre-internet so, you know, you you had to hunt it down. You you had to find a store that might have a concert poster. Concert posters were out there, but they 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 weren't in demand. There wasn't like a concert poster store in in every city that you'd go to. So I I run ads in papers, looking for stuff and try to make connections before I went on, on on my business trips. So when I was doing that, I always ended up running into people, and 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 it would lead to a graphic artist somewhere along the line or a promoter. Um, you know, or somebody that was in the music industry. So my collection grew from the people that I was meeting and I was picking up things that I thought were totally cool that I didn't know what I was gonna do with them. But I, I knew that if I didn't take it or if I didn't buy it, that it would get maybe tossed or thrown away or lost. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and I felt like I needed to be the keeper of that, that piece. And about that time, the rarest stuff that I was trying to collect from my collection I couldn't buy, but people had, and and they would only let their piece go is if I could trade them for what they were looking for. Right. So there was one collector that was into the Doors, and and I'm into the Almond Brothers, and he had this cool Almond Brothers band piece, and I said I need it, I want it, I'll buy it. <laughs> How much? And he says you can't buy it, but if you can find this one Doors piece for me, I'll trade it. 
So that put me on a new hunt. I was looking for a Doors piece. I didn't care about it. I just wanted it because I wanted to get my own brother's piece. So I realized trading was was equickly important yes. you know in, in building up my collection so then I that's when I that was the next tier I went to instead of buying almond brothers band things I started buying things that other people needed and wanted so then I had that currency and then then after a while then I said you know what if one guy likes the doors other people are going to like the doors if one guy likes the dead somebody else is going to like the dead right. so you know I, I started buying things not it was never about flipping it it was never about selling it was about right. accumulating it right you know and, and there were so many times that like the dead back in, when i used to collect there was so much dead stuff out there and you couldn't give it away and it was like there's too much of it and i was right in, i was in deadhead here you know in san yeah. francisco you know but nobody deadheads didn't buy they listened to music you know which right. is what it's supposed to be right so you know that's why nobody would sell or buy that stuff because nobody wanted it you know nowadays i wish i would have i wish i would have i wish i would have done a little bit more thinking about the dead stuff that i passed on because that's what yeah, i would have i i'm not a big grateful dead fan but i would have uh just for the crumb pieces i oh, would yeah. have, you know just because of the art um alone i would have been interested now you were talking about this guy who said he would only give away this Almond Brothers if if you found this one Doors piece. Um, there must be pieces that you have that, okay, you're just going to keep for yourself, right? I mean, there must be. Maybe Almond Brothers pieces. There, there are, you know, there's a couple pieces that would, it would be very difficult for somebody to, to, to get it from me. Right. On my whole collection, there might be... <sighs> 50 pieces that I, I I I don't think I'd ever want to get rid of. Um, and and do you, do you have your first ever poster? I do, I do, I do. I found it. I, I found it about uh, six months ago. I, I and I I didn't remember it was my first poster until I saw it. And I said, "That's it. That's it." It, it was um, uh, the Almond Brothers at the Atlanta Pop Festival, 1970. Wow, that's pretty cool. It and is a cool poster. And do you remember how you got it? Do you remember yep. everything? You that's, that's oh great. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first poster. It, it, it was, it was, it was to me. It was hard to find because I didn't understand how to find a poster, where to find a poster. And when I saw it, I didn't buy it because it was the Atlanta Pop Festival. I don't even, I didn't even know what the Atlanta Pop Festival was. <laughs> but you know, it said the it, it yeah, said the Almond Brothers know. on it, and it was you know red, white, and blue. And I said, that's it. <laughs> You don't get any better than that. A red, white, and blue Almond Brothers band poster. I'm I'm in. So that was your first poster. How about is there one where you actually went to the show and um, you? Yeah, I wish I could say I went to more concerts, but uh, yeah. I, I wasn't. I, I never had time to go to the concerts between business and raising a family. I just didn't. Uh, I, I I couldn't do what everybody else was doing. I hear you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I got a couple posters from events I went to, but, you know, nothing that was um, right. Yeah. My first concert I went to was rare earth in Chicago in the seventies. I know I, I went to a couple Zeppelin early Zeppelin um, concerts. I never even thought about trying to see if I could find a poster for them. Um, you know, when I, when I used to go to concerts, Patrick, I, um, we went for the music and the camaraderie and the and the smoking right. joint. 
you know, you, you didn't go there because you wanted a t-shirt. You didn't go there because there was a concert poster. You know, so those those things just were oblivious to to me. Um, they were throwaways, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, you saw it, but you weren't there for a poster. You didn't. You could care less about a poster. You you know, yeah. you went for music. I, I, and when when I started digging through and, and trying to find a um, uh, an early Almond Brothers band uh, T-shirt, I met a guy who who claimed to have been the person who did the first concert t-shirt now Ooh. i mean that's a big claim it was a good story and and, and i believe him you know but I, I don't know if it's true or not uh but you know he was he was at um an almond brothers band show and he made a t-shirt for one of the band members and another band member said hey can you make me one of those and he did and then you know, somebody in the audience said, "Hey, you making those T-shirts?" And he says, "Yeah." And he says, "Can you make me one?" And he and he did, and 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 that became became his business. He started doing T-shirts, and so this was some somewhere in the seventies. So that's how they they made their living. That you know, they they just right. you know you 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 did it for the fans. You know, you didn't make it you didn't make it to to make money. You didn't make it you know because you thought you were the coolest T-shirt. You know, somebody wanted a T-shirt and you did it for. Them. I had a question about the website. Odd Toes is the URL, right? I was going to ask you about that. Was that a URL that was different? And was that the original name that you had? That, that was the original name. Yeah. Ah, okay. And then came Visible Vibrations. Right. That's it was great talking to you, man. Okay, Patrick. Thanks, Otto. Thanks. Listeners, if you're not in the Bay Area in San Mateo, California, you can go to visiblevibrations.com and check out all the inventory that there's a, there is online. A lot of concert posters, original concert posters to look through. Whether you're in the market yourself or want to look for a friend or just window shopping. So thanks, Otto Zilke, for coming on the podcast. And listeners, don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content or go get the print magazine every month at select Barnes & Noble, Books A Million stores, and indie record stores. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine, signing off. Catch you next time. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 